Pictures make for good podcast. Oh my good lord. This is unbelievable. That's yours? That's all That's- me. What? That was uh that was uh barrel roll is what that one was called. Oh, oh my, my good god, lord. I can't even believe how much hair that is. <laughs> That's so much oh hair. my. That's fantastic. You sir wow, you just went up it, a dude. notch in my books. Yeah. And that puts you at notch one. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my scale's broken, man. You're at eleven. I was a negative is... two with Josh's scale for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing. That is yeah, phenomenal. Like, I, I, hair. Wish, I wish. I mean, if it was now with like smartphone cameras and stuff, like I would have all of them, like photos of all of them every night before and afters and all the names and stuff. But that I think is the only um photo that I know of that I have that exists of that, that isn't like at a table, just like covered in drugs. So and well, like, that's because <laughs> there's one that I saw. I was like, okay, so you need to get rid of this. That no, that's, that's going to ruin my so chances. This is incriminating. That's ruin my chances of public office. Clearly. <laughs> well, well, because that's how it was back then. Bobin. What do you mean? Like old school cameras? No, just everything covered in drugs. Yeah. Just a table. That's amazing. Yeah. So okay, that's fantastic. Okay, well, I gotta grab another beer and then we'll uh we'll I guess chat some chat some basketball stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's what this podcast is. You know what'd be like amazing? Yeah, Josh, you can go. Let's I was just oh okay. Oh oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the story isn't for you, okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Plus plus I'll I'll hear anything you guys fucking say back when I edit it. Okay, okay. Now, which of you Maroons has ever played basketball before? What in the Matrix hell? Slam, Vancouver's only NBA podcast to our knowledge here on the Area 51 Sports Network. I'm, of course, your host, Joshua Griffith, joined, as always, by the one and only Sean Warren. What's happened, Sean? Oh, just, you know, living in our nostalgia ahead of the episode here. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm beaming right now. Not often that you get to talk so much uh, 90s and early 2000s uh, music, so... We've uh, we, we've really slowed our roll on that the last couple of weeks. Lots of basketball talk, so it was yeah, good to get back to our, for our Patreon content. And of course, why take the road more traveled when you can take the boat less traveled? Come on in, Van, and welcome to the Slam. Hey, friends, how are you, Bowman? I, I I'm fantastic. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on this podcast. We really appreciate having you. We wanted to just give you your voice. So, you know, just just in case there's any other podcasts out there that, you know, maybe take other people for granted. <laughs> we just really want to let you know that we really appreciate all your basketball knowledge and intel that you that you bring to us on a weekly basis. That's great, man. Thank you so much for saying so. There's a lot less bullying on this show than other shows that I, I do. I, here's the thing is that I, I finished these shows and I don't feel bad about myself. So, uh, cause I haven't just been getting, uh, getting mauled for, for two hours at a bit. So <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's nice to be appreciated. 
Sean, sometimes it's nice being the other guy, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, well, gentlemen, we have a lot of basketball talk. It's the NBA All-Star break, which is kind of weird because it's like 60 games into the season for a lot of teams. And I always found this one funny. Mm -hmm. But we are in the, I guess, two-third mark of the season. Always some great storylines. I kind of enjoy the NBA All-Star weekend. I really enjoyed the Rising Stars game on Friday. I'm going to be enjoying the three-point competition. I don't think I'll enjoy the dunk competition. Let's uh, let's start with the NBA All Star Game, and then we'll get kind of to our teams with uh, with the break here. Is there anything that you gentlemen look forward to for the for this weekend? I'd like to use my time to bitch. Actually, that's okay. <laughs> uh, Jalen Green, uh, you fucking turkey. Uh, all right, so I'm obviously heavily invested in Team Worthy in the Rising Stars game. And if you're not familiar, it's first team to 50. It's a four-team little mini tournament or whatever. And then the finals is like the 25. So very exciting stuff. So Team Worthy is the longest odds to win. And it drafted Tyrese Maxey very late onto their team. So I'm pulling for Team Worthy all the way. Uh, they were playing... Uh, oh, shit. Who was the... Who do they play at first? Oh, Team Isaiah Thomas, right? Which has one of your Raptor boys on it, mm-hmm. Mr. Precious. So, uh, very exciting. And, of course, Team Worthy starts getting shelled. They're down 10 at one point or, like, down 11. And I'm like, well, that's it. And then Tyrese is on the bench uh, going nuts for his teammates of all. I think I saw, yeah, Tyrese going bench mob for his teammates of all of two hours. Right. Uh, and I see him on the bench. He's losing his mind. He's, he's not even in the game. But then uh, they come back and they take a lead. And turns out it's like 49 to 48 or whatever. And I'm like, holy shit. And they've got the ball. And I'm like, excellent. Guys, and Tyrese is on the court. Give it to him. I've been watching him do it all season. He's going to cut through the lane, lay it up, and boom, team worthy with a shocking upset. And then they're going to go on and win the whole fucking thing and the whole world. Would have stood up and recognized Tyrese Maxey as the man. Uh, and then Jalen Green decides, no, even though we are de- only need one bucket, uh, I'm going to take a heavily contested miracle three-point shot, uh, which doesn't go in. And then here comes Team Isaiah Thomas, gets the rebound, goes to the other end. Uh, guy gets fouled, two free throws, and that's it for Team Worthy, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a more contested three in my life. What are you doing? You son of a bitch. And like, I was, I'm so mad. So he's in the dunk contest. So I'm watching it to see him lose. I like it. I like it. <laughs> that's, how you can tell, that's how you can tell the rising stars game is so much better than anything else. that's going to happen oh, this weekend because so much better. The so passion better. that it incited, like I was watching some of those games and, so, so team worthy that uh, that the bode less traveled mentioned Cole Anthony from Orlando Magic, Josh Giddy from OKC, uh, yeah. Jalen Green from the Houston Rockets, Herbert Jones from the New Orleans Cassowary, Jalen Suggs, Tyrese Maxey, and then I loved it because every team had a, a G League player. Yeah, this year as well. So yeah. Marjan Bay champ, I'm probably butchering <laughs> that name, and uh, so he was from the G League New. G League Ignite. He did it. He did it, Josh. But like, oh man, like looking at some of these names, like so Team Isaiah, Anthony Edwards, Sadiq Bay, Desmond Bain, 
Anthony Isaiah Edwards, Stewart. basketball player, not the actor from ER. I feel the need to <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> oh, shit, is he dead? Oh, I think he might be dead. Oh, now I gotta look that up. Well, I mentioned that the rest of the great players on team is head. Tyrese Halliburton, and then too, you mentioned Precious Achua, Jaden Hardy. It was cool to see a couple different Raptors. Oh, he's still alive in it, except for um the uh, the skills competition part with uh with Tyrese yeah, and and <laughs> Here's all right. Here's how I here's how I view that, and we can put that video clip. We'll retweet it from the Van Slam account, so everyone knows great. what we're talking about. Uh, my boy Tyrese Maxey, and your boy Scotty Barnes, Scotchula Barnes, uh, Scotchula, Scotchula Barnes. Uh, they they team up. Yeah, great. They're going to be a, a duo. And look at our look at our boys coming together. The Van, the Van Slam pair, love it. It's united. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then what they decided to do, rather than just like put on a show for All Star, blah 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 blah, they decide to make everyone at home watching feel better about their basketball skills <laughs> and feel like you know what we could make an impact in this event. We could do a better job. So thanks, guys, for intentionally <laughs> missing the easiest shot. What five, six, seven times between the two of you, uh, <sighs> and making all of us go making all of us at home feel like all-stars ourselves there's essentially just a standing uncontested finger roll and they just <laughs> they just missed it so I, many times maybe that's a like a psychological thing because you're so used if you're gonna shoot from that how many shots have they taken from that area where yeah, everybody's fucking screen. around it's the middle of the key yeah. right yeah. everyone's around um, you're expecting so body contact it's weird to do it without being surrounded by people like you can hit three pointers and stuff because you hit uncontested threes and shoot arounds and stuff like all the time but when are you ever four feet from the basket and no one's around you and you're just oh I'm trying to pop it in just a little pop shot like go off the glass man just kiss it off the glass Scotty Barnes was going off the glass and he was I know them so hard and they were just like Scotchula was fucking up the most and Tyrese like well what the hell so Tyrese like I'm gonna handle this and then Tyrese comes in and starts missing it too <laughs> which I was thankful for because it wasn't just Scotty you know like at least then he had a friend that was like it helping him you know look not as bad it was the yeah. now it's the pair right it was so fun to watch, though. Like they, it they was were, hilarious. They were having so much fun, and then like they kind of had the "Did we just become best friends?" moment at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're hanging out on the bench and <laughs> laughing. The beginning of the recruiting, Tyrese Maxey to Raptors confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted fucking, to see Bowen's get face. Your fucking talons <laughs> off, okay? <laughs> I just needed to see Bowman's face on that one. Just clutching and grabbing. No. It's the Brooklyn nightmare. That's what it is. Our teams are just going to lay siege to, to Brooklyn's over the next however yeah. many years. Our powers combined <laughs> to stop the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And the Boston Celtics. And the Celtics. Oof. And then we uh, the celebrity. Did you watch any of the celebrity game? I know, Joshua, we were. Yeah, I watched I did not. Yeah. You're uh, watching Ellen go off. You missed uh, <laughs> Miles, Kelly. Miles Garrett being uh, maybe one of the most physically impressive humans on the planet. He is, he, there's no way he should be as agile for as fucking big as he is. 
he was really impressive. And then the high jump man. Get get Olympic high jumpers in this thing every year. That guy was awesome. Which one was he? Uh, I forget what that's an Italian name or whatever. But uh, yeah, he's like an Olympic high jump guy, and he was doing cr- like great dunks and stuff. And there was one wow. where someone, someone missed a three or even a four. Fucking good stuff, celebrity all star game. Yeah, uh, I love that four. And then he's running out of nowhere from like the top of the top of the arc, and then on the rebound of the missed three slammed it back home and everyone fucking lost Ooh. their minds yeah he was well he had crazy Ooh. dirt right because he's a high jumper yeah then so, he's so, laying out loose balls and stuff yeah but i didn't know tons of other people that were in this game i was really disappointed you know what i find that that's often the case with like these celebrity matches like the the people that are actually celebrities are too busy doing the things that make them celebrities <laughs> to be involved in these type of things so go and go get like olympic athletes because i love that idea and yeah, just and just bring them into the game. It's just like uh, as a celebrity, you know, Olympic edition or whatever type of game. And then you don't have, I don't know, Machine Gun Kelly out there because goddamn, <laughs> ain't nobody need to see that much Machine Gun Kelly. I can promise you that. I know like three or four years ago, they had a pretty star-studded cast. They had like Kevin Hart, Justin yeah. Bieber was playing. Um, yeah, I, th- I remember there being get, a good like, celebrity game. Sue Bird was in it. They like really like, they That's got awesome. all of the WNBA stars. Like I, I, I saw they had some WNBA players in this one. I, I'm trying to find like a box score for it, but <laughs> NBA doesn't have any. And they literally like have none, no news about the game. It's almost like they're like, okay, yes, it happened. Now forget about it. Mm-hmm. That I'm just looking at like awesome I'm looking at yeah I'm looking at go ahead go ahead looking one of you go ahead past WNBA players involved past, past rosters for uh, the celebrity game so 2003 you had uh, Sir Charles and the Court Jesters uh, Mark McGrath Ice Cube Nelly uh, Tim McGraw Moses Malone Spud Webb head coach like Charles Barkley. I'm I'm omitting people who I don't feel are yeah. like yeah worthy. Uh, yeah. And then Kenny Smith and the Jets, Justin Timberlake, Jamie Foxx, Roger Lodge, Rebecca Lobo and Sue Bird, Jonathan yes. Lipnicki, Manute Bowl, Anthony Anderson, Muggsy Bogues, and Brian McKnight to bring the soul to the team. Uh, head coach by Kenny Smith. That's a celebrity All Star game. Anthony Anderson yeah. can ball too. And then in like future years, you've got like and Justin Nick Timberlake Carter, is my boy, and he owns the um, Memphis Grizzlies. Nick Grizz. Carter, Nick Cannon, Kevin Hart, Frankie Muniz, Michael Rappaport, Sean Paul. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to look and see Sean when did it go downhill. Um, I need to see some bow out. Oh no. Yes, I need to see some bow out again. Here in Jonathan Lipnicki, we need we need some bow out there. Brandon Routh was in the Celebrity All Star Game in 2006. Has Adam Sandler ever done a celebrity all-star game? You think I'd be right up his alley. I've he seen should. him play. Yeah. I've seen, well, I've seen like pictures of him at like celebrity games. I don't know if he's ever done the proper NBA one, which would surprise me, but like he's got skills. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah, he, he like plays he goes with NBA and, players all the time. Yeah. And he shit. goes and just plays randomly just with other people, like just like a street ball game. Bow Wow yeah. played in 2006 and he was on a team with Christopher Maloney. Fuck. Yeah. I want to see Chris Bal- as the, the, the bald actor. I want to see that guy. Ball. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. David Arquette, Michael Clark Duncan, Tay Diggs, Bobby Bobby Flay, Donald Faison, Jamie Kennedy, Nelly, Ladanian Tomlinson, Carrot Top, and Chris Tucker. That's one team That's good. in That's 2007. Awesome. So Michael Clark Duncan is a big, yeah. big man. That's an awesome. Uh, 
RIP. I loved him, man. I've met LaDainian Tomlinson. Have you? I did oh. in Whistler. Yes. Got to shake his hand and show and uh, point him to the direction of where to buy gloves. <laughs> He's a tiny That's little awesome. dude, but he is built like a shit brick house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had nothing, unfortunately, to get him to sign. Ah, oh, don't you hate that? That's always <sighs> when you meet somebody, too. You're like, can you sign with my image, imaginary pants? Like, I really wish I had a sam- I, I really have. wish I had a samurai sword at the time. Oh, man, could you imagine? Samurai <laughs> sword signed by the Dean. Dean, Dean like, why do you have it signed by the Dean Thomas? Like, well, that's all I have. <laughs> You're not going to not get it signed by Latino. Yeah. Thomas. I'll just okay. pull down the sheath a little bit. You just sign right here on the blade. How about that? I think in 2010, things start to take a bit of a turn here because uh, I've got Dr. Oz and Pitbull on uh, one of the teams here. Mr. Worldwide. And okay. uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, yeah, now you're ser- now you're searching for names. Uh, yeah, Bieber did his first one in 2011. Uh, Rob Kardashian, Zachary uh, Levi on his team. Trey Songs. Um, oh, Jason Sudeikis was on the other team that year. Okay. Nice. And Jason Alexander was an assistant coach. Got to get him in the game, man. Got to get him in the game. But yeah, like seeing Machine Gun Kelly in this thing, like, ah. Uh, I hate how big he's gotten in pop culture. Like, he's not even... Uh, I don't get it, man. I really don't. You know, he is we, weed, Sean. We we he spoke of legalized. I am weed. We I spoke a weed. lot about um about music and nineties <laughs> rap in our Patreon. So please subscribe <laughs> to our Patreon. Um you can subscribe for free because we'll most likely be the cold outro. And you get access yeah. to the shoot around, which is us sitting around for an hour talking about just a bunch of bullshit, getting hyped up for the show. The shoot around. <laughs> Now I there know. needs to actually be made like there needs to actually be a Patreon. If we're gonna keep plugging it, we gotta actually make one. That's not you true. Know. We plug Patreon yeah. on Trust the Process all the time and we still don't have one. So oh, you can you can get away with talking about it and never doing it. And it's speaking fun. of and speaking of plugging things aren't real, big shout out to the Adelaide Zoo, That's our real. chief sponsor, our favorite. I'll have to check in with our favorite cassowaries, Jeffrey and Martina. I need I need an update on how they're doing. We need yes, to we need to do a little quick check in. See see how Jeffrey and Martina are doing. I need to see them eating some fruit. It always makes my day. Yep, makes me want to eat fruit. They are yep. good role models for me. It is weird <laughs> and very sad at this point in my life where uh, a couple cassowary on the other side of the world and then down on the underside uh, are basically responsible for providing me with a good guiding light for making life choices uh but here we find ourselves so when they eat fruit i eat fruit so show them working out show them eating more celery they fought in on health and the new orleans cassowary have bought in on cj mccollum (laughs) there you go boom transition And speaking of CJ McCollum, he will be in the NBA three-point contest because I, I think we're all going to be a little bit more focused on that than the, the yeah. dunk contest, which has seemed to kind of lost its luster. It has. Yeah. It has. I mean. It's the, sad to it, say, but it's true. Yeah. And I don't think it'll ever get it back because at a certain point, you've you've seen the dunks. Right? Like things got super elaborate because you had athleticism peaked with like the Vince Carter like dunk contest, right? And then in order to 
you know, raise it to that next level. Now the theatrics start. I'm jumping over this teammate, or I'm doing this, or I'm, I'm Dwight Howard. Over I'm doing a, a plane. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing a basic over a car. Yeah, I'm doing I'm a basic a, ass dunk as Dwight Howard, but I'm coming out of a phone booth with a Superman outfit on, and I'm wearing that while I'm dunking. Ha ha! It's like, yeah, but it's a pretty standard dunk, sir. Okay, what what lost it for me when I was like, this is it, this is over. Do you guys remember the drone drop? Nope. The guy tried uh, to do yeah. a drone. He brought in a drone and he tried to do like a alley-oop from the drone and it took him like four attempts. Yeah. And it was so bad. And it's just like, no, this is... It's I like think it was going to work. It's got to work on like the first, maybe second try. I think it was the same one that the guy, I think it was Dwight. Was it Dwight Howard that tried to jump off of the plane? I think so, yeah. And then he like crashed halfway through it. Like it, it's just, it's theatrics. It's not dunks. I, I'm going to throw, before we get to three-point contest then, I'm going to throw you know an idea at you guys that I've heard kind of been tossed around in other circles. What would you guys think of, of bringing in some of these like YouTube stars that are just like doing insane, crazy, real dunks oh, with okay. no trampolines? What would you think of them coming in and, and you know maybe the NBA showcasing people like that, getting somebody like I, I'm yeah. thinking, okay, Cole well, Anthony, Jalen Green, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Obi Toppin? Like what? Where's John Morant? I've seen that guy yeah. get almost to the top of the backboard. Like, that's who I want to see in an NBA dunk contest. I don't want to see, sorry, Obi, love you, boy, but I don't want to see in a dunk contest. See, you lost me at no trampolines because uh, yeah. trampolines make everything better, uh, especially basketball. But when you said, like, how much would you like to see YouTube stars? And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. But I didn't realize you mean like YouTube, like athletes. Yeah. I thought you were like, yeah. you know, people with like beauty tutorials no, and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, Jake I don't fucking Collins care. <laughs> like, there's already too many, like, oh, this person's a social media influencer and they're in the celebrity basketball game, which, by the way, I've uh, hearted, I've uh, focused it down to 2019. Uh, maybe 2018 is when that went off the rails. It's been shit ever since the celebrity game. So in case anyone was wondering. So the pandemic, but, uh, more or less. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But yeah. uh, no, I think it'd be awesome to get some like trick shot people or whatever. And I think there was somebody who was campaigning today to be a wild card entry into the three point contest. Mm. I forget who it was. Um, was he a little bitch? No. Okay, so because Trey Young's in it. I know Trey Young's. Oh, in okay. It. Uh, again, that's what I love. You got someone to root against. And fucking Van Vliet's in it. Yeah, I like the yeah. I like the three point contest. Yeah, like Sean said, we got CJ McCollum, Patty Mills, Luke Kennard, Desmond Bain. Like this is the three point contest is actually exciting for me. They actually get some good players who can shoot, and it usually comes right down to the end. It's exciting to watch for the whole time. Yeah. Pretty indicative of how the NBA has moved, like where the trend has moved, right? Like. Before it was all about the dunks. The dunks are king. And now the three-point is king. So yeah. it just became the much more mm -hmm. uh, you know, high level or premier event of, of the All-Star weekend. That's, that's just such a good point. Based off natural even, progression of the sport, right? Didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. But like, it's, yeah, now that you mentioned it too, right? Like that how the three-point game took over the progression of the league. <laughs> Like I think if it was still like a lot of dunks, um, the the long ball hadn't, you know, the long ball hadn't taken over all of basketball. Maybe the dunk contest would still be really cool and it wouldn't be all proppy. But because there's, I mean, these guys aren't dunking often really anymore. Like they're they're doing some putbacks. 
they might get a breakaway slam here and there, but they're not, that creativity isn't really there anymore. Like the posterizing moments in basketball are kind of gone. Right. Yeah. So I wonder if that's like a big part of it where the creativity is kind of dry because it's just not something they really do or practice or, you know, actively, they're not actively dunking very much. Whereas like long balls, I think that would be, that'd be a cool event to see how far back you can go. Just, just keep going back the for as long as you're making shots, you keep taking a step back. That'd be I an like, interesting event. I liken it to technology as well, where like, you can't really jump all that higher now. So we're not like as impressed. Whereas yeah. like the same thing, like PS five to PS four, like I'll have a PS4 for probably another like several years and it'll be perfectly fine. But the leap from PS4 to PS5, not that, not that huge, not that game changing, uh, you know, because everything just kind of is leveling off. Our advancements are not as, you know, jaw dropping as they were before. Same thing with like, the slam dunks. Like we've kind of seen it all now. So it's either going to get more proppy, which I don't think you can do after the Dwight Howard era oh, of yeah. it just being all Ovechkin in the all-star game sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, so you can't get any more cartoony and shit like that. I'm not impressed that you can jump over Shaq or anything anymore. Um, so what are you going to do? Like here's John Morant. He can jump higher than most people. Cool. And like, and like Cole Anthony, like he's a shorter guy, but he can fucking get up there. All right, great. But we've seen that it's, you're not going to show us something we've never seen before. So the intrigue kind of goes down. Whereas you think about Michael Jordan jumping from the free throw line and dunking was the craziest thing you ever saw. And here comes Vince Carter to ratchet it up to the next level. Holy shit. But the advances have been so incremental since then. It's just kind of like the same thing every year. No yeah. game changers. And I think you're right in that comparison too to like the PlayStations is that until you've completely altered what you're doing, like what you're working on, like until PlayStation comes up with something that's totally new, like a complete VR system, which is now a total, totally different product, you won't see a huge advancement. And I think that's probably the same for a slam dunk contest at this point. Is I that kinda, until yeah. you come up with a whole new situation, a completely different event, um, it's just going to be the same stuff every and year. Any opportunity to take a shot at Avatar, I'm going to take it. But uh, you can also liken <laughs> it to, uh, yeah, don't look confused, Joshua. Hey, I'm trying to bring my nonsense per 60 up. But this is also fits within context. Right? It does. Well, I'm hold on here. This okay. is all going to make sense. I'm going to tie it back around, and you're going to be impressed. Uh, Avatar in 2009. Hugely. Stunning, right? Okay. The technological event. Holy shit, the 3D in this is incredible. No one's ever seen this before. Oh, my God. And then in the subsequent years... You know, you've got fucking that Jungle Book live action one comes out. That looks as good as Avatar did for the most part. Like 3D is commonplace. It's old hat. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's using it. So now you've got this new Avatar coming out that's not going to be as technologically groundbreaking because everybody's got it, right? Vince Carter does his dunks and then everybody else starts doing elaborate dunks. But now it's not special anymore because everybody has it. So, yeah. Man, I remember when I was a kid, I went to Disneyland and saw the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like, 3D thing, and my mind was blown. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I remember. Were you doing doing the, was it the red and blue lenses? 
Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, yeah. And then, there was the, and then the Bugs Life one too. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. one, that one was messed up because they had a little extra stuff where they like sprayed the water and then I like, had stuff the coming. Like, poke, they had stuff poke you in the back of your chair. Yeah. When there was like things stinging, you'd get poked in the back of your chair and you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Was, you get the little gusts of air at your ankles. Yeah. Yes, sir. You had like mice running past your feet. I think it was the ants because it was a bug's life. Because it was a bug's life. But, yeah, I uh, couldn't remember if the the gusts of air were Bugs Life or Honey I Shrunk the Kids. So, so what do you think, guys? I mean, we we've thrown out a couple options, and it doesn't sound like any of them are good. I I'm not going to be watching the slam dunk contest. It's like it's not on my watch list. Sean, I mean, you mentioned that they maybe need to go some kind of other format. You, you know, do you have yeah, an idea on that, or or, or Bowman? Uh, what do you, what do you think could improve the All Star experience? for fans bears it's hard yeah hard to say because i think that it's just kind of a dying art form you know like i think the last time that i, I will wrestle of... a bear <laughs> right sorry, at the Sean, center sorry, right. Sean, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, um... i i think it's hard because like i'm trying to no, he is like a, a real 200 friends. pound bear he will rip my face off <laughs> yeah right, like, Sean, this is ahead. a bad idea get rid of the bear get rid of the bear um, <laughs> the bears lose. Everybody stay calm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think the last time that I was excited by anything from the dunk contest was probably Eric Gordon. Yeah, picking up the ball behind, like underneath his his legs, like in a seating seated position, oh, and then yeah, picking up the ball against. and then finishing it. And it was nice. just such a tight uh, space that he crammed through. Um, and such high level of uh, intricacy to it that uh, it was it was exhilarating. But I, I don't think I've seen any that have really wowed me or stuck with me since then. Okay. I think that's probably the last time that I was really blown he away was, or excited. He was the last guy that was that special. was like a dunker. Yeah, yes. that was like you that are was exciting. a dunker. That was yeah. exciting. Yeah. Uh, the bode less travel. Do you have any? options or opinions on how to maybe improve the dunk contest you think it's a lost art i i have one more suggestion after you go okay no Boat? nothing nothing no no nope. nothing okay you well my, my only thing I is then add trampolines yeah, yeah fair. you know what i'm gonna say <laughs> trampolines all right i shouldn't even have to say it trampolines Boom. i think there's some... only two things that can make the dunk contest better Add trampolines or try to change the game back where the long ball isn't king. No, it's add trampolines. And the dunk is king again, which is never going to happen. So um, I I view it as a lost one. Have a foul baiting competition. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's just Harden and Trey Young and... Charging contest, a charging or let's contest. See the most Kyle cre- Lowry wins let, every year. Let's see the most creative way you could save a ball from going like out of bounds into the crowd. Somersault and shit, or you're like saving it and putting it behind your back and throwing it back in bounds. Oh, how about this? That'd okay, cool. uh, you do that, but there's like targets. Like think of the quarterback like competition in the NFL where they have like you know, throw the ball in like the nets and stuff. Yeah. You get the holes mm-hmm. in them, whatever. Put a bunch of that shit on the court. And you've got to run and dive and jump. Now, this sounds super dangerous. Put a crash pad down. It'll be fine. Uh, run and dive and jump and save a ball from out of bounds. But, like, while in midair or whatever, you have to complete a pass to one of these things. 
I like I like that idea. Like just doing kind of having more fun with it. Yes, you don't make it dangerous. They're not going to be jumping into the crowd, but yeah, and, throw a. And depending a high on jump the angle or the the distance, is different point values. Also, let's have a trash talk competition. Let's yes. put like some comedians in the front row and simulate <laughs> like a, a like, the game. And then like a comedian's gonna give someone the business, and then whichever player has like the best, like most ice cold or badass comeback or whatever, they win. See now, I, I would like love that. I would love to see that to a one-on-one game. Yeah, it's fucking Spike Lee there stands up. I'm like, oh, you a bitch. He's like, oh, no, fuck yourself, Spike. Do the right thing sucked. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> Sick. LeBron would like, just run over to the ref and be like, "These guys, no, get them, these get them guys, out, get, them get them out of here." <laughs> you get, what do you? You get Jack Nic- Jack Nicholson for the Lakers against yeah. uh, Spike Lee for for the New York Knicks, and they're and they're yeah. trash talking oh, LeBron awesome. James playing one on one with Julius Randle. I need more mascot. <laughs> I need more mascot fighting too. Like and like to win the to win the battle royal, you got to rip the head off of the other mascots. Okay, so in the so end, honest, there's only gonna be one mascot head that's still on, and it's the baddest of of all of them. That'd be great. Honest question. I mean, I know yeah, the Raptors have the one? Raptor, but what did, does the NBA have a ton of mascots? What's the 76 mascot? Benny. Uh, oh, sorry, it's uh, Franklin the dog. Yeah. And you got the fucking gorilla oh, okay. in like Phoenix or whatever. Benny the bull <gasps> in, okay, uh, in yep, Chicago. Yep, no, NBA's yep, got Benny some mascots, yep. man. Okay. Yeah, but no. you know what? You're right. I no, never I really thought about that. Not in showcased. the NHL, they do the mascot games right around the All Star game. That'd be game. fun. Why? That'd why aren't fun. they doing that for the NBA? That'd be awesome. I'd watch. I that. watch like because when I watch the games on League Pass or whatever, I get the arena feeds. Yeah. So I see like all the shit the mascots are doing like in between or whatever, like Franklin hitting like behind the back like half court shots and stuff. Like all these mascots for the most part can fucking go. They can ball. They, they can bring do stuff. trampolines for the mascots. Yeah. There you go. There's the trampolines. We did it, guys. This is it. Mascot dear, games of trampolines. Dear Adam Silver, my <laughs> name is Moment, and I'm from the Van Slam. Yes, that Van Slam. Glad you've heard of us. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Adam Silver, uh, we're in trouble, boys. We are in big trouble in the Atlantic Division. Um, the. I think mayor governor of New York. God, this is the second show in a row where I didn't know who it was. Uh, five minutes Bill, of research. All it takes. Bill the Blasi? Um, uh, somebody who's in charge over there. Uh, and Adam mayor Silver have been kind of, you know, Adam Silver has encouraged them to take a look at the uh, vaccine mandates in New York City uh, because it is unfair that you can have an unvaccinated player from the Phoenix Suns come in and play in Brooklyn without issue, but Kyrie Irving is not able to play just because he's like a resident or like part of that like community mm-hmm. or whatever. So uh, I think Adam, Adam Silver is encouraging them to take a look at it. The mayor or governor of New York has said, yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's not entirely fair. So we may see potentially some lifting of that in the near future, some adjustments of that, uh, which means Kyrie Irving is now a full-time member of the Brooklyn Nets, uh, which I feel is problematic. And to add to that, Toronto being like the out-of-country option, they've also taken down that you have that you have to be vaccinated um, to be in attendance. So I would imagine that would also extend to the players, meaning that Kyrie can come north of the border, uh, potentially. If he can cross the border, he can play at uh, 
Years so, from now, we're all going to, you know, wistfully look back on a time where there was government mandates that stopped Kyrie Irving from playing <laughs> basketball. Sure, it's mostly like his choice and stuff, but still, it's like, hey, remember when the government had a bunch of rules and that meant Kyrie Irving missed like a shit ton of basketball <laughs> games, even though he was perfectly healthy? What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it back stopped like, like a juggernaut <laughs> Brooklyn Nets team from Reggie from Miller really isn't allowed to off. play on the West Coast because of these government mandates. <laughs> Are you guys worried about the Nets? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm I actually, am. I would say I'm more worried about them now than I was before the trade. Well, since they acquired Curry and Drummond, uh, their losing streak has snapped thanks to 20 points from Curry in the, both the games that hey, he played. Hey, and like 19 he, rebounds from Drummond in his second game where they had a big fucking deficit against, was it the Knicks? And then they came back and won. Uh, yes, I am worried about the Nets. And Can then the Sixers got smoked. <laughs> they're fine hey they shuck it off and then they they beat the uh the milwaukee bucks a couple nights later in a great fucking team win and now they're game. third in the east so <laughs> yeah i don't know what happened about with the celtics game i watched the cadets game just in morbid curiosity because that was one of the case where i'm glad that i didn't actually watch it because i was doing i think trivia that night and then uh, somebody texted me. They're like, yo, what the fuck? And they texted me to score <laughs> at the end of the third quarter. And they were down 43 going into the fourth quarter. And I'm like, what? So I was yeah. grateful that I didn't go home and waste like three hours watching that game. I probably would have tapped out at one point. But uh, those That's games. Okay. Raptors got smoked by the cassowary as well. Yeah. So that was, uh, I don't know what happened in like the span of what, two, three days for our team. But that was uh, that was a bad little run. <laughs> I'm I'm way more encouraged by the the excellent win against Milwaukee when they were yeah. down late in the fourth quarter and like and fought back. George Niang hitting some big shots. I'm way more encouraged by that than I am concerned about what happened against the Celtics. And Joel Embiid has said it best over the years. He's like, "There is no rivalry. They always kick our asses." I'm curious. Unfortunately, what... true. And you just pray that you don't hit the playoffs and face them right <laughs> i swept them like two years ago in the bubble playoffs yeah i'm curious what you think of doc rivers distribution and his deployment of his players because once again against milwaukee they had big lead and that fourth quarter he decided to just what was it like niang um harris like he just just kept everybody off running like a, a no talent lineup and the Bucks were able to get back and make it a game. And this it's is like multiple. This, this is, is multiple this is what, times what he does. we've seen it. This is what he does. This is why they got fucking washed out of the playoffs last year. You can point at Ben Simmons and stuff all you like. But they had like double digit leads, significantly 20 plus leads on the Hawks multiple times and let them back in the game. Uh, he His obsession with the all bench lineup is infuriating at times. Like what? George Hill in game seven against the Atlanta Hawks play like six minutes in the fourth quarter or whatever. It's just like, it was horrifying. Like that's just kind of what they do. I'm hoping that with Harden in the mix, you're maybe able to distribute Maxi a little bit better and put some real firepower like on that second unit because he's like all starters and then all bench and that's it. There's very little mixing and he leaves those bench guys in for a long time. Do you think that he's going to try and keep either one of either James Harden and or Joel Embiid on the court 
at all times as we go forward? Or do you think that they're going to kind of just take it easy right now? They're they're in the middle of a really tight Eastern Conference, and it's going to come down to the playoffs. Do you think they're just going to make sure that players are healthy See, when they get there? That's kind of where we're at with this this trade and this lineup is this is now to the point where nobody could fuck this up as far as player distribution goes. But if anybody could, it'd be this man. So he's one of like the winningest coaches and like top 10 winningest coaches in like NBA history. Uh, James Harden's excited to play with him. The guy gets tons of wins. But as far as the player distribution goes, it's always been a huge concern. And that's what really I feel cost him in the playoffs last year is they he just can't stop the bleeding. And all right, fuck it. Jojo, you're going back in. All right. But he's yeah, you're going to go back in and just like stop this. Let's expand this lead because they give up leads all the time. And it is infuriating who was it they were playing i think it was when they were playing phoenix they fucking had phoenix they had them they had a double digit lead i think in the third quarter and then the same shit happened that always happens is he becomes over reliant on uh bench players and again i love the bench players but you know there's a time and a place and when you start fucking hemorrhaging points uh maybe bring in the big guns to stop that but he just doesn't do that it's infuriating I'm I'm famously not a big Doc Rivers guy. I just don't have a lot of faith in in him as a coach. I he's one of those guys, like you said, he's he's got lots of wins. He he seems to have that kind of level of success. I this is gonna sound controversial for anybody that's Canucks fans at the same time, is that he's the Bruce Boudreaux of basketball. He's a great regular season coach, playoffs hit. And things kind of fall off the wagon for whatever reason they fall off the wagon. And I think that it's either pressure or just inability to like, you know, keep, uh, keep ahead, keep a lead. Um, things fall off. And at this point, at this point, there's something to it, right? Yeah. It's happened enough times when they dropped the 25 point lead, uh, or I think it was the when they dropped the 21-point lead to Atlanta in the playoffs last year. And then I think the next game, they dropped like a 25 or 26-point lead. And then you look at like, hey, the biggest blown leads in NBA playoff history, here's the top 10. Like six of them are Doc. Yeah. Or five of them are Doc or something ridiculous like that. It's like, there's something to this. This isn't just a ah, circumstance, the shit happens. This is this guy's MO. And it's happened multiple times this season. But in the playoffs, I'm fucking terrified. Yeah. And I will say he's much worse than Bruce Boudreaux. Like Bruce is a great coach, um, but that that said, like it, it's there's parallels there in just the way that there's re- a lot of regular season success and just overall longevity success. But obviously the championships and stuff just aren't there for Doc. It is massively concerning because it's often, like you said, chokes. Right? Like yeah, it's not like they don't have great teams that should go on to win or are in positions to win in these in these moments it's that they never finish they never close it out and i don't know what it is but that'd be honestly that's one of my biggest concerns for philly is that as long as doc is the coach there i have this like inkling of disbelief in in that team going and winning a championship you know even though to me this is a championship caliber team i just don't trust doc rivers enough to close out those final moments without just leaving his bench out there to get smashed. He's right. He's great at driving the car. 
He's great at driving the car, but if the <laughs> engine light comes on or a tire goes out or something, that thing's going in the fucking ditch. So while the car, everything's running smoothly, excellent. But with any sort of difficulty it or struggle where an adjustment needs to be made, yeah. that car's going in the fucking ditch. Which you is like this- guaranteed to happen in the playoffs all the time. Your vehicle will always need maintenance in the playoffs. That is when it's going to need it. In the regular season... No problem. You hit the ditch once or twice. No big deal. You just pop back up on the road. Playoffs? That's a cliff. You're gone. <laughs> and there's no, you're not in the prairies anymore. So I just, yeah, I there will always be an inkling of doubt for me with Doc Rivers and like a strong inkling of doubt until he actually proves me wrong and wins a championship. Until he does that, I will always have like these lingering doubts about him as a coach and his ability to, to, uh, change on the fly i think it will always come down to brett brown and not trusting the process oh fucking brett brown you've opened a box I was, <laughs> waiting, I was waiting minutes to get that slight little jab in <laughs> now you've done it how different things would be if brett brown was not there tobias gone simmons gone Butler there, uh, and maybe another you have another max slot for somebody there. Oh, that's the thing that's come up. Is I still at this point, uh, Harden has not exercised that option. And have you guys heard about the conspiracy theory? Mm-mm. No, but I love me a good conspiracy theory. Yeah, I think I meant to bring this up last week, but then uh, I don't know. We started talking about Cassowary and I got distracted. Uh, Naturally, yeah. So what they're saying might happen is, and this is something that could raise some eyebrows around the NBA, uh, which, you know, whatever, uh, is that Harden will not opt into his $47 million player option and will instead choose to sign a lower money contract. The Sixers then offload Tobias Harris's contract to OKC or anybody who has the ability to take on the max player which opens up another max slot for the Philadelphia 76ers to bring in ben a really, really strong. Yeah, get Ben Simmons in uh, to bring in like a really, really strong like free agent. Because I know Beal's contract is up. So they could end up with Harden and Beal out of this. John Wall. Uh, pardon? John, John Wall would be an option too. John Wall would be an option. I forget there was somebody else who, I think Miles Bridges as well is like in that zero to six season um, experience level. So he'd be a cheaper option for like a max contract because he doesn't have the 10 plus years that Beal does. But uh, that's what there's some rumblings about now is that maybe if they come up, that Harden's going to, we're going to wait and see. If they come up short this year, then all right, we need, here's what we need here. I'll take a pay cut. Tobias, you can fuck right off. And then now we've got all this money to bring in another huge star to complete a big three. And then you still got Maxi, you still got Thibel. You've got the young guns with like Paul Reed, Isaiah, Joe, all those guys. And now you've got a team, which I would say at the beginning of the season, they're winning the whole fucking thing. No one can stop them. They're too powerful. Yeah. I like that idea. My respect for Harden would go through the roof um, compared to like where it is right now, which is like mid to low. <laughs> uh, but if, if he took less money to, to bring, to me, that's like you're very serious about a championship now. Your aspirations are set. You're taking a hit personally to make it happen. I, I would have huge kudos to Harden for that. Honestly, if you're Harden, that's where you have to be. That's where your mindset has to be or else you're going to retire without a ring. 
he's getting up there. And these are these are where these players have to make those sort of decisions. The ring chasers or whatever have to be like, okay, well, I'm going to sacrifice. It happens in the NHL a lot. I think of the latter day Colorado Avalanche of the early to mid like Bork. uh, Well, yeah, Bork, but when like they had like Korea. As with like yeah. Paul Korea, like joined the Korea, team, and Solani, stuff like that. Yeah. Korea, Solani, and stuff. I'm like, okay, these like veterans McDonald's. are now yeah. gravitating towards here and making financial sacrifices because they've made their money, they've been their superstars, but they're going to retire without a championship. So I think this could be potentially, unless he winds up on a fucking geriatric Laker team three or four years from now, the last situation that Harden is going to find himself in. And I'd say the best situation he's going to find himself in. Like he's played with. You know, the Westbrook and Chris Paul, he's tried all of that, but I think this is his best shot. He realizes it, so he's going to make some sacrifices. The one thing that's the X factor here, guy loves to fucking party. So, guy's got expensive tastes. So, uh, (laughs) you're asking him to take, like, you know, 20 million less or whatever than he would have made. Maybe he starts to go, oh, that's like, so I can only go to the strip club on odd-numbered days? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Bottle service one of those days? Okay, how many private dances? Okay, look, all right. Can you guarantee a championship? Because it's yeah, I gotta have those lap dances. I if you're gonna if you win a championship though, think about the endorsements. That's that's forever, man. If you win a a chip in Philly, you've got endorsements for life in Philadelphia. If he really is going to take a pay cut on a contract and opt out of his you know final year. The relationship between him and Daryl Morey, I think that if he wants a private plane and <laughs> Daryl it, it's it. full of whatever <laughs> he wants, um, then I think, yeah, then I think Daryl will give it to him, especially yeah. if he actually wants to, you know, quote unquote, play ball. Yeah, and I, he wants to be that kind of player. Um, Daryl's on the club with him. Let's be honest here. Like, I think they get married at that point. If he takes that, like that, uh, that lower <laughs> contract or whatever, I say, you know, Daryl just gets down on one knee and makes this thing fucking official. I love you. Yeah. Uh, I want to be with if, you forever. If they can't, all do the last dances and everything are just Daryl Morey <laughs> shaking it for for Harden. <laughs> Welcome to Philly, brotherly love. <laughs> <laughs> try to take a ton of try to take a ton of basketball route. That was my Sorry, bad. That, no, that was my bad on that one there. Yeah, what are you um, doing? I was just gonna say that uh yes, it would be nice that they would get an extra max contract slot and they already have some other pieces. Yeah, they do have, Basket, they do have a basketball. Good, they do have good like depth, which I like. I do think that their depth took a pretty significant hit in the trade, mm-hmm. but um, you know those kind of guys are replaceable if you're able to bring in, you know, a Bradley Beal to to go along with James Harden. Like you've you've more than filled the loss of you know backup center Drummond and Seth Curry. You know, like you've more than made up for that. Ben Simmons wasn't doing anything for you anyway, so I don't even consider that a loss. Yep. So, uh, you know, you've you've more than made up for it, and you now you're looking even stronger. So, you know, if this year isn't the championship year for for Philly, if if Harden takes that pay cut, next year looks pretty damn good for us. So much flexibility. Yeah, huge, huge. Like, and if they offload Tobias Harris, which there would be definitely a market for, um. 
man, like that, that's not a, that's certainly, that's far from a immovable contract, right? Like Tobias Harris, if they want to move Tobias, he's moving. Yeah. Do you so, want to, do you guys want to talk about the Raptors? I don't, I don't really. Ah, ah, what, no, what are they up to? Well, the thing. Anybody it's taking same anybody, old, same old, right? Like, they're they're still under contracts to go on a championship run. Anybody doing that? <laughs> you know, they're, just, they're just hanging out. They're middling. Like yeah. there's Siakam's, you know, putting up great numbers. Gary Trent Jr.'s doing yeah. great. Fred Van Fleet's off to the the All Star game as we mentioned. But like, I don't know. It's the same. It's the same story as it has been all year. They're very hard to read. You can't really tell if they're like going to be this pesky playoff team to face or if they're even going to be able to show up to the dance like they're kind of in that weird spot where well right now they're going to be an annoying like uh matchup for somebody or they're not even going to make it and i wouldn't be surprised by either one of those i feel like they're a two-win team in a playoff series right now like and those would be two like two like strong wins again right but i feel like are we we looking at like one of the top like because i'm thinking there were so the raptors are in seventh right now one to six is Heat, Bulls, 76ers, Cavaliers, Bucks, Celtics. I would argue against anybody they're going to win one or two games, right? Like, I don't I don't see the Raptors yeah, being a team that would get swept here because mm-hmm. they, like, at some times they get hot and they punch well above their weight. But I don't see them beating a team four times before they lose four times. And but I see there being... Arena is pretty, pretty pumping yeah, for playoffs. But I see there yeah. being one or two games where, fuck, the Raptors are back in this series. Watch out. And then they, you know, just kind of get trounced. That's the, they're a, yeah, two-win in a seven game series team as it stands right now, no matter who they play against, which is a bit of a backhanded compliment, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But, but I can, as Raptors fans, you can't disagree with that for them right now. Yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're not in that contender status anymore. Um, I think they could be in short order again with, with this small retool that they're going through, but like, you know, they're they're one of those teams that they'll lose game one of the playoffs. They'll probably win game they'll lose game one, they'll win game two, and then they'll win another one at some point. And they're gonna be a hard out, but they're only like you said, they're only gonna really win two games. Yeah. They're just gonna be a, an annoying annoying one to to play against because they're gonna make you work for that that series. And whoever plays them is gonna be better for it because they're going to be a lot more battle tested for other series, right? Yeah. Well, this is a playoff the, caliber team. Like they, they. Yeah, but like, the what is that? Well, what is that good for the Raptors? Oh, the the team that beat them is going to be ready. Oh, it's not good for the Raptors. Yeah. What are they doing? What are they still out? <laughs> yeah. yeah but, <laughs> well, here's the, they've got a lot of younger talent now that they're getting that exposure and that experience, and they're working towards building for the future. Yeah, so the fact that they can co- even get in and been there, it's not like you need to get them playoff experience. I'm thinking more of yeah. like the Scotty Barnes's pressure to Like I'm thinking more of those folks, not necessarily chance. Fred and like Pascal, not those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those guys. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. Build a really solid foundation for, for them. You- I don't know. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so confused looking at the season. Like, obviously, you know, they have great results. Obviously they lose a little bit. Uh, you know, they lost to the nuggets. I don't fault that one. That cassowary yeah. loss was fucking brutal. But, uh, you know, finished off before the All-Star break strong with a the big 103-91 win over the, the Timberwolves. But, like, what, what, I'm just so confused. I'm like, what are they doing? They're going to get into a play-in spot, and then they're going to play, like, the, the Nets, Hornets, Hawks, or, or Wizards. Maybe maybe the Knicks catch up. Like, I don't 
which are going to be tough series. I don't right? see like that's hard. No, you know, and Bowman, you mentioned that they'll, you know, maybe put up one or two wins against one of those other top seats. I can only see them putting up one or two wins against one of those bottom seats. Like I don't, I don't oh, see the well, Raptors okay. being that much better than anyone else. The East is so Nets, tight. That's tough. Yeah. If they get the Nets, they're going to lose in four. Yeah. Well, especially if Kyrie can cross the border, right? <laughs> if he can get across the border, that's going to be Fucking... – that's a deflating. I um, don't feel I'm wrong in being concerned about the, the Nets. No, no fucking way. I don't think you're wrong either. Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, uh, fucking um, – Well, yeah, exactly. They're not we're going to get a good Ben Simmons, too. Like yeah. Ben Simmons is going to be good. The Nets aren't going to stay in eighth. No. no, God, no. So so obviously so then the Raptors dropped on eighth. I guess you know they they're sitting in eighth, but again, you're looking at playing games and then you're gonna be I don't know. I'm just I'm just so confused. Normally, like I I really get the direction that Masai Jerry's trying to go. I'm a little bit hesitant to see the direction that they have right now. I kind of think about it like this: like we've just watched the Bengals go on to a Super Bowl uh game and lose, but they were that was a rebuilding year. No, we're not doing that. We're not right. doing the get in the playoffs. Thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I don't think that's a good mentality either. But I, I kind of put the Raptors in that kind of stage, you know, where like if they went for a run, it would be a fairy tale Cinderella type run. But this was viewed as a step back season, is my kind of thought. This wasn't a, a season where they were expecting to, to really like to make anything of it, right? Like, and that's kind of where I guess I would be confused by the trade that they made at the deadline. Because if you were going to go all in and like the trade rumors that we were hearing, they were going in and adding pieces for this year. So that's where I get confused by it because either this team wasn't meant to be where it is right now. And they're like, oh, hell, like we have a shot here. Like we're actually in a surprisingly decent position we could uh, we could get in if the east if we get a favorable matchup and we just add a couple pieces and then a couple of those trades didn't work out and one did i don't know like that's the only thing that i can think of that makes sense for where what they've done usually like you said like messiah there's a clear vision a very clear vision and i know you're only losing 10 picks with that first to second getting detroit's and Goran Dragic, like you needed to move him anyways. Right? <laughs> yeah, you need to get him off the books. That books, that's fine. But like that, but young, he's a free agent at the end. Yeah, of the year. he. It's it's not like a, it just seemed like a weird like. So what? We're gonna try and get to out of the plans? Yeah, like it. it I, like I unless know. they unless they viewed like, you know, they're not a free agent destination, so they have to kind of get their guy that they want in the summer ahead of time and kind of earn his love before the free agency period and try to sign him. Maybe that's kind of where the thought process is. And they really like Thad Young for that. Um, like Thad came over and he was really complimentary of the situation that he was going into. So maybe they're just trying to kind of, you know, give themselves enough time to, to prove that this is the right destination for him. That's the only thing I could really think of because you, to me, you needed a guy with term because you're not looking at this year anyways, right? You're looking beyond here. So, like, I don't think there's any sane person that's looking at the East right now and saying, yeah, the Raptors could come out of this. Like, no. Right? So, 
I mean, if it happened, my God, we'd all be surprised. But I just <laughs> like that's clearly not that's clearly not the plan going into this season. So aside from just simply moving Dragic, I don't really see you know the trade deadline really confused me. It's yeah, be an interesting last twenty five games. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, gentlemen, uh, you want to finish up with some questions from Twitter? Yes, yeah, let's do it. We got some actually. We got some good ones this week. Everybody felt bad for my sympathy because I didn't get out in time. So uh, <laughs> we actually got some good ones this year, or uh, this week. Sorry, this year. Um, uh, this one here I is love the shade thrown at previous week's questions. Oh, we actually got some good ones this week. <laughs> yeah, I like that Becca stepped up with with some questions because. I was so sad that we didn't get a Becca question rules. last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we got some. We got some good. We got a Becca question, and we got one here from Stephanie Pagani. 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 At Magnificent Legend. She she uh, messaged me once and said, "I really like your stuff, but I can't follow you because you post so much about soccer." Said, no <laughs> She's worries. A, she rocks. Yeah. Stephanie like, is always like, so honest. I really I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, respect. She'll always just tell you exactly how it is. Uh, yep. Uh, we need people like that in our lives. Exactly. Scale of one to ten, harden eye roll gif. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, prior to the trade, fucking zero. Fuck this guy. What a clown. <laughs> After the trade, I love it. I've always kind of loved it, but it's just it like always good it's just always been indicative of like, ah, this guy's a this guy's a clown. Uh, yeah, you know, what a what a piece of work. But uh I'm warming up to it, but it's pretty good. I love it. I, I'm gonna put it out of seven. Like he's on fucking roller skates. <laughs> so it's so smooth. Yeah, frame. Oh my god. Just uh, like, motion alone, that's a 10. This is a weird, <laughs> weird uh comparison, but he's like uh Ichiro hitting. Where if you're ever followed Ichiro or whatever, like the ball makes contact with the bat and he's already running he's already out of the box. Yeah. He's already out of the box and gone. <laughs> so it's part of his swinging motion is to already be running to first base. Part of Harden's eye roll motion is to already be whooshing out of the frame. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. And I, oh, I've always really loved that one. So mm-hmm. I'll give it, I'll give it an eight. Yeah. Okay. So this one's from, uh, Cap space wins cups. Andy, if you had to eat vegan or meat alternatives, like beyond meat for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Death. I was gonna say, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that'd be about it for me. Yeah. No, I have I have that stuff all the time, and it's you know, it's it's excellent. I think it's it's great. The fact that we've come so far where even five years ago, like vegan alternatives so and meat before. alternatives were fucking terrible. All that stuff tasted like crap. Uh, and I remember trying some stuff in like the 2000s as well. I've never like flirted with going vegan or anything, but just like, oh, let's see what the veggie alternatives are like. And it was fucking trash. Now they got it up to a point where it tastes comparable. Yes, meat, the legit genuine article is still better. But if they just said, hey, something with the ozone and the cows farting or whatever, uh, we can't do meat anymore, <laughs> folks. It would be an adjustment for a lot of people, but it's not that big a leap. It's fine. That makes so. me feel better about it because I I haven't tried it. I mean, so would you go would you go the time. vegan or the Beyond Meat stuff? Oh, Beyond Meat stuff. I still yeah. <laughs> okay, because you'd want that like the, yeah. the least some kind of close resemblance. Like I don't mind um like tofu stir fries. Like I've had lots of good mm-hmm. like um one of my favorites when I go to like in uh, in Whistler is the Mongolia Grill. Yes, and you always get some throw some tofu in there. 
Yeah, I had the Mongolian food sort of stuff for the first time the other day. And it was it wasn't the Mongolian grill, but it was like, oh yeah, I picked my stuff, I put it all in a bowl, and then they like cook it up yeah, for me. Grill, kind of idea. Yep. I don't grill, but they do. But I like yeah. I put my bowl no, no, together. Like the, the restaurants like you grill. I think there's one in the mall in Metrotown. Mm. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it yeah. was uh, it was delicious. So yeah. No, I'm okay. I'm a big fan of that type of stuff. So yeah, I'd go beyond me. Okay. If, I, if I had to, vegan's like, hard, man. Like vegan, like that's everything. That's milk. That's dairy. Oh, that's, that's all of it, right? You take my cheese and you pry it from my fucking cold dead fingers. Yeah. We're not there with so cheese yet. Me. We're getting there. There's some decent cheese alternatives, uh, yeah. but nothing can hold a candle to uh, to actual the legit cheese. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of cheese in my cheese. Cow stuff bums me out. Every time, like Jen's got like some facts about what's going on with cows. Uh, and like, oh, did you know that they rip their babies from them and they keep milk them until they're dry and all this kind of stuff? I'm like, come on, I'm just trying to enjoy this whopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a side can, of regret with this, please. Can we just, but yeah, so like, I don't know all that sort of stuff, but yeah, the dairy industry is apparently really just fucking horrible. Uh, yeah. and it bums me out. So yeah, let's just let's all go to a, a, a cowless alternative. Almond milk for everybody. The uh, the the egg industry and chicken industry is pretty freaking brutal. Too. Oh, I know. It's I try to stay away oh. from knowing too much about any of that stuff because it does. It makes you incredibly sad. Okay, yeah. happy podcast again. Yeah, fun <laughs> questions, please. This one's again from Caspace Wins Cups. Andy, best flavor of Doritos. I'm gonna. This is an easy Ooh, one for easy. me. I'm going with the bold barbecue. Oh, okay. All right. Sweet chili heat for me. I'm a big sweet chili heat guy. They've gone overboard, I feel, with the flavoring and the seasoning of it in like the last like you know maybe decade or fifteen years. But it's still Cool Ranch for me. I pictured you as a Cool Ranch kind of guy. Thanks, man. Yeah. I ever tell you? I ever tell you about the uh, the chip moment? I know it's super vague, so I probably have, but it just has a really vague title. Uh, Yeah, me and a bunch of friends, we got like an Airbnb and we went out for, went away for a weekend and like everybody bought like bags of chips. Uh, Nobody discussed this with each other. Uh, This is Randy Johnson hitting the fucking dove. I I remember. Yeah, this is Randy Johnson hitting the bird. Nobody discussed it with anybody, uh, but we had 18 bags of chips between everybody that was going on the trip not a single repeat or duplicate bag. Wow. Not discussed. Okay, you'll get the Cool Ranch. You'll get the Ruffles. You'll get the All Dressed. You'll get the Taco Doritos. You're going to get the barbecue ones or whatever. No. Everybody independently, a gathering of 18 bags of chips with no duplicates. You could not do that again if you tried. That's remarkable. I was waiting for you to say that everybody brought Cool Ranch Doritos. No. <laughs> like and just only, only one bag. bags of Cool only Ranch. Only one bag of Cool Ranch. That's it, phenomenal. It made me respect the amount of varieties of chips out there. Like, oh, Ariba Taco Chips. And, oh, you got your old Dutch ketchup chips and your Lay's ketchup chips. But, yeah, not a single duplicate. It was. It still weirds me out to think about it. I remember hearing that story on a great podcast at the movies 10 years later. Fucking Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction when the guy doesn't shoot him and it just fucks with his head and messes with the whole rest of his life. It's some sort of divine intervention. What does this mean? What does the chip thing mean? I'm still walking through, (laughs) limping through life, waiting for it to mean something because that doesn't just happen for no reason. 
It's got to mean, yeah, it's got to mean something, right? Okay, so next question. This one is again from Stephanie. Also, your favorite zoo animal that isn't a cassowary. Oh. I'm going to go meerkat, man. I love meerkats. They're fun. I The problem for me with meerkats at the zoo is that they're burrowing animals. You don't really see um. them all that often. And like kind of the whole their whole thing is that they pop up, stand really tall for them and scout for danger right so the idea of a zoo where just people are just wandering around they're not really game for that but i love the animal and i remember going to like the san diego zoo and being especially excited to see the meerkat exhibit um so i'm going to say meerkats uh i'm i guess more of an if i had to choose i'd, I'd lean towards the aquarium uh mm -hmm. side of things as opposed mm -hmm. to like a zoo if it's not a cassowary Fair. uh but um yeah, it's not necessarily penguins. I just like to watch like a big tank of fish, like a big tank when they have big oh. tanks of like a variety of fish and there's some stingrays milling yeah. about or whatever. I just find it very kind of calming and relaxing. The Vancouver Aquarium used to have that downstairs. Uh, the big part. one right when big, you walk yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got, yeah. Like yeah. all the like crazy. You're like, whoa, what's that? Whoa, what's that? Yeah. It's like I a Cirque du Soleil it. thing. All sorts of shit happening all over the place. You can only look at one thing at a time. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. So give me a big uh, big tank of a variety of uh, of sea creatures, and I'm I'm happy. Penguins. Yeah, like there it is. Yeah, penguins. 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 I've never seen – if I've seen a giraffe, if I had ever seen one in a zoo, it would be a giraffe. They're fantastic. Giraffes but are so cool. Man. I've never seen one, so I'm going to go with an animal I've seen, so I'm going to go with a penguin. Giraffes are super ratted. Where's the giraffe, Sean? Um, I've seen kangaroos. I've, I've been to so the San Diego Zoo. They have giraffes. I've been to that zoo. Um, I didn't go to the San Diego. Disney. Zoo I, I saw giraffes at Disney Animal Kingdom uh, on their little drive around Ooh. safari thing they have. I saw a couple of giraffes. I hate giraffes personally, but that's just me. <laughs> See, my my mom's favorite animal is giraffes. So our house growing up, we had giraffes like everywhere we had I some, like i got some yeah. stuff they could be it, using it their next awesome. they can be using their next to help mankind a bit more that's all i'm saying <laughs> they're giraffes are like that reach <laughs> fire department or whatever you slide down a giraffe's neck to get you know down from the fire there's no ladder like you know yeah don't need fireman poles you just need giraffes around man yeah giraffes are like the dinosaur of our time you guys they're they're such a bizarre animal like if you had only seen you know a handful of animals you'd never seen a giraffe and i described to you what a giraffe looks like you would you'd think i'm just making something up that's mm. the best part oh, of giraffes. Yeah, 100%, it's like 100%. you're like oh yeah it's like spotted like a leopard got hooves like a horse but then it's got this really long <laughs> and you're like what it's got it's got okay weird giraffes uh fact they're they're hooves about the size of a dinner plate, huh. which you is surprised was surprising to me because of just how lanky these animals look. Like they don't look like they've got big feet, but they got huge feet. They seem so, arrogant to me too. Badass, oh, we're all the way up here eating these leaves up here. You're not on our level. We're giraffes. I'll get up. The air up here is just exquisite. <laughs> we're the first to know when it rains. Ha ha! We're giraffes. Sons of bitches. I love how the I love the voice. I love the voice that you just did for a giraffe. 
Will's first snow and it rains. Will's first snow and rains. Ha ha. I'm going to move on to the next question. What are you okay. guys doing down there, you earth dwellers? <laughs> <laughs> you all look like tiny ants from up here. It's going to be raining in 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prepare to get wet. Ha ha. Okay. Uh, we got we got two more. I'm gonna say the last one because this is one the last one's one we're gonna have to kind of dwell on for next week. But this is from Becca at the Chewbecca. Did mm-hmm. you guys have any annoying nicknames growing up? They misspelled my name on my grade nine basketball hoodies, so I was called Bika for a while. I was not impressed. That's so unfortunate. See, here's here's knowing her. Here's where I feel the issue with this comes is that this happened maybe a couple like decades too early uh, because now I know she's a big fan of like what we do in the shadows. She's a big fan of Taco Atiti. I see that and I hear that. And I go, that's Bika. Right? That's a New Zealand accent. If Taco Watiti met her, he'd call her Bika. <laughs> right? So it'd be really cool yeah. then. Right? Well, how's it going, Bika? Oh, yeah. Go play the basketball. Yeah. Oh, Bika's good. Bika's real good. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, they weren't as prominent back in those times. So, yeah, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any annoying nicknames or anything. Oh, everything for me has always just been like a short form of Bo or Bowman or whatever. So it's always been, uh, it's always been that. I'm still waiting for Ghost Train to, to leave the station and take off, but we'll get there. Yeah, it's it's coming. We're working on it. Sean? It's hard because I didn't really have many, like I didn't really have nicknames growing up because what's shorter than Sean, right? <laughs> when you have a one-syllable four-letter name. What's it's up, just kinda... C? <laughs> Not C the letter, but S-E-A? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I remember like in elementary school, there was this phase. I don't even know why this was ever a thing, but I think it was probably just kind of around like, the hockey guys right it was you would just kind of add like a z or whatever at the end of your name so it'd be like i remember people would call me like sean z and i like that was just so uh, stupid and i hated it and cringe. it was so cringy i was like dude just call me sean like this is that's awful as much as i always wanted a cool nickname i could not allow it to be sean z right like i could not allow that to be the nickname so Thankfully, that didn't stick. Um, I just ended up with no nickname, which I was sad about. But uh, <laughs> Shawnzy was the closest to to having an annoying oh, one. Warzy? Yeah. They call you Warzy? Huh? Warzy? Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Like I would get, I'd get like my last name called out lots, which was either like you know somebody in sports or some people like because I have basically two first names. People would just get confused and be oh, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, like yeah, hey, you're you're Warren, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like I'm Sean Warren, like <laughs> Warren's my last name." But and I I would be able to know that they were you know just simply mistaking my first name for being Warren. But I had people for years not even know that my first name was Jordan. Like <laughs> people, I could see that. Parents, you know? And there was once uh, somebody told me they were having a conversation with somebody at a party, and they were both talking about the same person. But one of them I grew up with in like the neighborhood when I was a little kid who like those people know me as Jordan. But then everything like high school and beyond has been all Bowman, Bowman, Bowman. And then I think he said like, yeah, the conversation went on for about maybe five minutes before we realized we're talking about the same person. 
Oh yeah, my friend Jordan. Oh yeah, my friend Bowman. Oh yeah, cool. He's this, he's this. It's like yeah, same fucking guy. Uh, yeah. Wow, it sounds just like my friend Bowman. Yeah. Well, yeah, I use my yeah. first name like so so little. So yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. What his name is? What Bowman. about you, Josh? Do you have uh, any weird ones other than just you know Josh? <laughs> yes, Josh. The short form of my name, Joshua. Yeah. Uh, Grifter. No, didn't have anything until like Gryffindor. after high school. Obviously, like everyone people like, oh, Uncle Andy. Like, oh, that's, that's fucking that's lame dumb. as shit. Yeah, yeah, punch all terrible. them in the neck. Um, and then it was when I started playing football for the Raiders. I got because I was going to criminal like uh, university for criminology, and you know there was all like those Scruff McGruff commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, six oh six five two, and he was the crime dog. Yeah, yeah. So I got Griff the crime dog, which which got shortened to crime dog, which then got shortened to crimey, uh, <laughs> crimesy. What's that up, crimesy? Like, What's up, boy? <laughs> it was like a two year thing, and I think now I have some people that call me JG. Yeah, I call uh, you JG every once in a while yeah. because one, we have way too. Goddamn many Josh's in Area 51. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why you, yeah, yeah, you asked, hey, Bowman, you want to join Area 51 official? And I'm like, my name's not Josh. I won't fit in with the rest of you guys. <laughs> yes. God, short your name. We got I'm way like, okay, too we're many. adding a new group. Or, yeah, I'm adding some new people. And, ah, damn it, there's Josh. There's another Josh. Oh, um, I, had Josh a, like, I had a ball hockey team. I was on a ball hockey team for a couple of years, and they called me Julie and Jules. For some reason, I I don't know why, yeah. but it was like I just accepted. It was like okay, uh, but yeah, Julie for like years and years and years and years, based off. Oh, of I remember one. I got this was a rugby nickname that I had. Piece of shit. Um, Piece I of got shit. called the bread carrier. <laughs> the bread <laughs> carrier. Yeah. Go on. Okay, so the, it was all because of how I held the ball when I, oh, so I would just kind of tuck it in my like here in along my forearm and I would use it to kind of juke, right? Um but uh <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I don't know even why uh they they thought that people carried bread like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up with the bread carrier. It, I don't really understand it because I've never in my life held bread the same way that I held a rugby ball. But apparently that's something that at least these people did. <laughs> Yo, BC. Yo, Bredzy. What's going on? Bredzy. 14 grand, Bredzy. Bread carrier or bread man or like, yeah, bread. They just call me bread. Good to know that we have Sean the bread carrier Warren. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you update your nickname next time. The bread carrier. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely using that. No. I log in next Saturday to do the show, and I see Sean Warren down there, and I don't see the bread carrier. I am leaving just for that episode. I'll come back, but I'll be very upset and angry. Let me slice off a piece of that for you. <laughs> the slicer. Uh, I don't even know, like, because everybody in rugby always tucked it in, right? Like, they had it tight to their chest, or, like, they would. that's how yes, they would run so they wouldn't yeah. get poked free, right? Yeah. But like I was a wing, and instead of carrying it there, like my goal wasn't to get tackled; it was to like weave. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't the biggest guy out there. So like my job was to run really fast and not get caught. So uh, as the bread carrier, I would uh, 
fake one way with the ball and then like hook it over somebody's head and keep running. Uh, that was kind of what I would try to do. Classic um, bread carrier. Classic bread so carrier. So good, BC. If I got hit, it like I got hit. But if I, yeah. I, I'd get through, you know, a decent amount. My my goal was never to run through people. That was that was never my goal. It was to burn around people. <laughs> Can I assume you were white bread? Oh yeah, Wonder Bread for sure. Like, look at me. You, you, there's no toast at all. Cool fucking nickname, Wonder Bread. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, Wonder Bread, the boat, less travel. You guys want to wrap it up? Yeah, yes. Let's, do it. let's go to the outro. Thank you for tuning into the Van Slam podcast, Vancouver's only, to our knowledge, NBA podcast. For Sean Warren and Jay Bowman, I have been Joshua Griffith, and this has been a presentation of the Area 51 Sports Network. Check out all the variety of podcasts at the Area 51 network provides including point shot hockey with your very own sean warren cap space wins cups hockey and you can get more of bowman and his 76ers takes on the sixth best canucks podcast but the first best 76ers canucks movies wrestling and pop culture podcast trust the process with wyatt the stanchion art a presentation of the hockey podcast network if you're a movie fan make sure to check out at the movies 10 years later as Bowman and J9 break down the movies that dominated the box office 10 years. Chances are you can't get enough of Bowman, and that's perfect, as Nation Extreme Wrestling has started a podcast along with an amazing brand that will bring local wrestling to Vancouver and surrounding areas. You can catch more of me, Joshua Griffith, on the Sports Talklight Network covering the Vancouver Whitecaps and on the Unnamed Sports Show. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you listen. For Apple users, we are up and running, so make sure to leave that five-star rating and a comment. For the Van Slam podcast, on behalf of Sean Bowman and myself, until next time, NBA fans. <laughs> you know what I love that is foil. There's there's wrestling, right? Uh, and you got your entrance music and stuff like your stone cold glass breaking, getting people all fired up and stuff. I wish bands and stuff weren't such sticklers about like music rights. So more yeah, like wrestlers would have um, like actual legit, like entry, like real music for their entrance music. Like AEW does that a bit where like this guy, orange Cassidy comes out to pixies. Where is my mind? And it's fucking awesome. Uh, this guy, Jungle Boy, who's like Luke Perry's kid. He's got like a kind of, uh, you know, I don't know if you know anything about AEW, but he's like, you know, he's a shorter guy. He's kind of like a kick-ass little caveman boy. Uh, he comes out to Tarzan Boy by Baltimore, which is like my oh, fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, One guy comes out to Wild Thing and all that sort of stuff, right? It's pretty badass. Uh, I would fucking love it if there was a wrestler like who came out and this was the riff that like let everyone know this guy's coming down the ramp. Yeah, Nick. yeah oh my god that arena would go off. everyone would go fucking nuts yeah or this is instrumental crowd going nuts oh my god it's keith lee what a ring walk that would be like I'm disappointed every single major and minor league baseball game I go to where this isn't somebody's walk-up music. I totally. Oh, my God.
when he played that at the Super Bowl, like not even that, it was the Super Bowl promo where the piano rose out of the ocean and the yes. riff started. Where it's like this is maybe one of the best hooks of all time. Yeah. One of the most recognizable and and immediately intoxicating riffs of all time. Like it's incredible. Again, you got fucking Triple H in the ring or whatever, waiting for his opponent, and then all of a sudden, oh shit! <laughs> I think it it would be hard because you would have to know the expectation standard has yeah. gone up, right? Like as soon as that's played, you have to take it from like your best, which I would say like is here. And you have to elevate that, like yeah. double over. And everybody else's music is just shit now. <laughs> yeah, like Apparently. if you come out and you lose after that, like oh, that's, that's part of your that's part of your deal. You don't you don't lose with that. Yeah, I'm sure you can Dr. never Dre, lose. If Doctor Dre was going to sign up and sign off on his music being used. He'd be like, it's okay, only but by a winner. The guy, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Brian Danielson, who's a he's a big deal in the world of wrestling. His on the independence, it doesn't matter. They come out to whatever. Like for NEW, people come out to whatever, right? That's awesome. Uh, well, it's like it's independence, right? The pros, it's you know different, but you can do whatever. Um, yeah. So on the independence back in like the mid to late two thousands, his was uh, here. I'll, I'll I'll play what his theme music was, which got very much associated with him. It takes a little bit to kind of ramp itself up although if you know what it is at any point here i'd be impressed oh yeah and people just fucking lose their minds right and it's got That's this great one. slow build right where you know the anticipation grows just like with still uh still dre where it's got the piano but and then the beat will yeah. kick in afterwards right but uh so there's like you know you look up on youtube footage of like his entrances and like his last entrance on the independence before he signed with like wwe was like epic because it was the last time most likely you're gonna hear him come to the ring ah, that's good that's good and then Arrested Development was around and kind of, you know, also changed how this song is viewed and whatnot. But uh, so he left WWE where he was never able to use it. And then he was going to go to AEW, which like they're not shy to pay out the money to use licensed songs and stuff. So everyone was thinking, holy fuck, he's going to get Final Countdown back. This is going to be incredible. And then turns out, no, he didn't, because apparently like Europe, they hate that song. Uh, oh. and they make the licensing for that song apparently like very, very, very expensive. Um, I think it happened like maybe after Arrested Development because Arrested Development came out and then not that the show was a massive hit, but it kind of shone a light on that song again. So I think, I can't remember what their like figure was, but it's something ridiculous where it's like a couple hundred thousand like per play. Whoa. And that's like per, per play. So it might as well band it. Wins a match, it's playing. Or sorry, he he enters, it's playing, and he wins a match, it plays again. So they'd only be able to play it like based on, and even though the guy who runs it, the fucking billionaire, um, they would only be able to play it like maybe I think ten times a year or something like that. So that's a bit disappointing. That's crazy. Yeah, that's too bad. That's what I miss in like the old WWE games and stuff. Like on the Xbox 360, you had like custom soundtrack. 
Well, like you weren't able to. There's a way around it though, where like I burn CDs and then like put it in the game as certain people's like entrance music. And man, oh, I would spend ages thinking about, oh, what'd be a good thing for this one or a good one for this one? I had John Cena coming out to Jurassic Five. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> That's uh, sick. Yeah. <laughs> great. But um, no, it's just it's a bit sad that music, the entrance music for wrestling is so generic right now. Cause again, like everyone would lose their shit. If the piano riff for still Dre happened. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few like intros like that. Like where just the very start of the song, like two notes in, you're like, Oh, here we go. And, and that's, that's one. <laughs> even like, yeah. even imagine, like, imagine this, imagine there's a wrestler who like, you know, come into the ring and stuff. And then all of a sudden you hear, there's this guy who was a wrestler in scotland uh maybe i'll post the video all this extra stuff i'm putting in our uh it's for our patreon uh all this extra stuff yeah. i'm putting in our chat but uh he's a guy in scotland who did a ring entry his ring entrance music was like a prayer um oh nice Anna, and it was the craziest the best fucking thing ever so so good Shall we hoop it up, boys? Go, go, go.